on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, April 13th. Galaxy getting ready for the first El Trafico of the season, happening at Dignity Health Sports Park on Sunday. We're going to get you ready for that game. But, oh, boy, the war of the words have continued. There's been dueling letters. Greg Vanny had a most interesting press conference today. We have the audio. We're going to talk about the letters, talk about Greg Vanny, talk about everything else and all the stuff that is going on around your LA Galaxy. It's never boring. It's always exciting. And we here at Corner of the Galaxy are definitely the noise they are talking about. Uh, if we're if, <laughs> joining me today, uh, we're glad to have him back. And he is always a very special contributor to the show, Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, buddy, how are you doing? Oh, I think you're still muted, bud. It's okay. It's okay. It's one of those. It's one of those. It's like, you know, you got to stretch it out a little bit. Hi, podcast pal. How are you? I, I, you know... And here I thought it would just be a nice, quiet week. I should, I should, I should change that completely. El Trafico week is always crazy. Uh, this is just new levels of crazy. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of it. I know that I'm exhausted by it all. Uh, I think fans are exhausted by it all. Um, and here we are. Uh, fervor pitch. We've, we've reached it. It's all coming to a head. Yeah, just when you think you could put chat GPT as the host of, you know, Corner of the Galaxy... Not going to happen. And, and by the way, on your intro, I mean, so making the noise that does that mean we're the noisy neighbors? I mean, no. So so Greg Vanny said that he wanted to, like, you know, ignore the noise. They they, they could say it. So I right. figured that we're definitely the noise. We're we are the noise. They, you know, I one, I want to build myself into much bigger than we actually are because nobody pays attention to us. But two, I would like to say we are the noise. They are trying to block out. It's all noise. Chicha said it was noise. Greg said it was noise. That's noise. This is this is your place for noise right here. Number one place for noise for the galaxy uh coming uh, right hopefully, here hopefully the there galaxy. will be some on sunday hopefully fingers oh, crossed a uh, man uh you you know i haven't talked to you in a little bit houston yeah uh that was that was interesting wasn't it oof oof i mean <laughs> i don't know what we could say i mean you know i know you rehashed it with with panda on monday i you know what more can i say that hasn't already been said uh yeah i thought greg 
man, you just kind of summed it up perfectly. It was a disgrace to the brand. It was horrific. And you don't, it's not even worth getting into the tactics and the, and the calls and the controversies and the penalties and such. It was just, you know, a poor display by a team that really showed an ugly side of their character at this point. And now, you know, they have to answer and this is the weekend to do it. Yeah, have to. I mean, there has to be a response, but I also thought there would be a response to the Houston game, you know, in that game. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, I can see the frustration. Um, I, I can understand them feeling slighted. Uh, I can understand where they sit there at Christian and they say, you know, we played well in spurts. Have they played well enough to get wins? And maybe a couple of them, but but they didn't. I mean, bottom line, if we really want to know, let's look at the scoreboard. Are they are they good enough to get wins? No, they haven't played good enough to get wins, right? Yeah. So, um, so there's some of that. Um, the Houston game was an embarrassment. And then it seems yeah. like the embarrassment, the embarrassing things sort of still roll through this whole week as well. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, there was a question asked of Greg Vanny today by Mr. Scott French, a good question. He said, you know, something and he sort of ended it with, you know, is this, this is the lowest point for the L.A. Galaxy ever. I think we have to have perspective on sort of understanding what 2017 was and how hopeless yeah. that, that entire year felt. Uh, I don't feel that way, but the Houston game certainly was reminiscent of 2017 and, and certainly reminded me of those years. So, um, you know, it needs to be better. And now a lot of stuff is happening. A lot of things are going on and it's, it's listen, uh, usually you can come to the show and you know, we'll be rainbows and unicorns and, and try to be, uh, I say realistic. I, some people say I'm overly optimistic. I'm not, I think I'm realistic of what I'm seeing. Um, and I, and people disagree with me all the time. That's fine. You disagree with me. Uh, I was talking to Taylor Schwalman. He thought I was an idiot, which is normal. Uh, Taylor and I are good friends, so that's fine. Um, so yeah, it, you know, all this stuff, it, you know, sort of comes about and I'm like, okay, what's next? What's this next step? And so when we look at everything and we sort of figure out whether or not what the LA galaxy are trying to do and sort of, uh, how they're trying to build a team or build any of this stuff, it's, it's just, it's just very interesting. And by the way, I should point out my, my son is now opening doors, uh, to the, uh, to the, to the studio and all that fun. So I expect him to run in here anytime. He has not been going to bed easily lately. So you need another, you need a sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> You do. He can replace me. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of craziness in here in the studio and uh, outside in in Galaxy Land as well. Yeah, I I feel it. You know, and it's I've been on some podcasts this week talking about the state of the galaxy and the contrasting form and the the state of the other team coming in to our house and you know they couldn't be farther apart in terms of, you know, off the pitch and on the pitch. And I look at this, Josh, this is a gift on the fixture list for the galaxy. <laughs> right. Because you can throw it all out the window. You can you tell me how great LAFC is and how they're flying. And they are. And they're playing the best football. And, yes, they are the best team. And they're the best well-constructed team, uh, the most well-constructed team. And the galaxy, you know, are, are at a nadir here um, in the last year and a half. Since that 2017 season you spoke of, Throw it all out the window. It's a derby. If you could ever alleviate matters and kind of put a Band-Aid on what has been a big wounded season so far, this is that game. So, And all the pressure is on them, Yeah. even though it's in our house. It's their game to lose. They're the ones flying. If they lose this game, which they've never done, they've never won here before, then it's all on them. And they're going to be the ones that eggs on their face. So I think this is actually the just an absolute gift of a fixed year. And, and try to prognosticate and predict, which we're probably going to do, and yeah, we're probably well, going to do wrong. Oh yeah, correct. correct. <laughs> you know, it, it's fool's gold, but it, it's fun to engage in. Nevertheless, it's um, it, you know, it, at this point, the contrasting fortunes. It's exactly when a derby should come in 
a Classico should come into the season schedule. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's interesting when you look at the perspective of, oh, the Rose Bowl game was canceled. The Galaxy will be in a much better position whenever they got glad. It, glad it was because the Galaxy will be in a better position. The team will be more settled. Right. Like, I mean, that was the that the was irony. The, the, the prediction of it all. Right. It was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be much yeah. better. And now you look at it and it's like, yeah, no. I mean, never have you had a Galaxy team this low with LAFC this high coming into this game. So we always try to predict that and we will. and We'll talk about that. It's just uh it's just very interesting uh, in terms of, of how it's all playing out. Uh, one of the first things we have to get to, and maybe a little positive stuff, uh, Joe Tino, the man himself, uh, the heart, the voice of the LA Galaxy, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Joe tweeted out this morning, happy anniversary to all who were there April 13th, 1996, to all have grown with this LA Galaxy family, to all have joined along the way, to all watch from afar. This is always home, and you will always be part of this legacy. Love, love, and love from Mr. Joe Totino. Uh, that's the man right there. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if, if God himself said that, uh, I would, I would say that Joe said it first. Um, so it, it's one of these, uh, it's one of these things to remember a long time. It's been a long time for the LA galaxy. You know, I love about Joe and I've, I've known Joe for 20 years. We've worked alongside with each other, with the galaxy and in, in other places, the man has perspective. He knows it's not, he knows when to hit the panic button, when not. He understands this in a broader context than any of us could ever understand. And a guy that is as consistent in his quality as they come, I will be very biased in my assessment. When I am watching MLS season pass, I go to the home radio feed on the home games. And I really think that is the best decision that I could make uh, because what he brings is a, is a nuanced and an understanding uh, from someone who's been around the game much longer than a lot of the people that are, are applying uh, the same trade in the same position. But Joe is bar none par excellence. He's excellent. Uh, I, I, and I've, I've said this before. I don't know that people realize him. Chris, he's a great human. Yeah, he's a great human, but also, you know, he takes a lot of time to mentor people, myself included. If, yeah. If Joe tells you something, uh, and I've never had this experience maybe with anywhere anybody else, but when Joe tells you something, uh, you listen. Even if it's critical, you listen because you know and you're honored to have listened to the criticalness of whatever Joe is trying to say. Because you, you know, know. He, used call, he used to call him the bulldog in San Diego. Um, to, part, he started up those radio stations. That was his nickname. Yeah, and 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 was and it was part of and the reason for, you know, Jim Rome's rise and success. Yeah. I mean, you know, that whole thing. That's that's Joe Totino's baby right there. Um, so a lot of really, really fun, uh, stuff with Joe. And I'm glad that he sort of reminds us a little bit, gives us a little bit of perspective. It's been a yeah. long road. He's been there since the very beginning. Uh, and you know, as far as I know, uh, he's going to be there till the very end, uh, in terms of him and probably not the club. Uh, at least he's that's probably, my guess. He's probably the dig right now. He probably is. He's probably oh, working there. Right. And he lives in San Diego. Let's be right. He lives. <laughs> he that, does. That's a drive for him. Like he comes up and he comes down and he doesn't care. It doesn't bother him. And he's always there. Yeah. I know about four or five hours before match day and the phone rings 90% of the time it's going to be Joe and, and, you know, discussing whatever he wants to get off his chest. And those are conversations I hold dear. And actually I learned a heck of a lot from the guys. He's been around the block in terms of football and soccer, as well as, you know, the business is, uh, I'm not too savvy on it. It's been a, an education being around him. So I got nothing but good things to say. A great friend, a great guy. And yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, how many teams have that kind of talent and, tradition at their disposal in that position you know you think of dc united and dave right uh johnson 
there aren't a heck of a lot of them around. And so, you know, kind of a treasure to, to cherish while you have it because this is, it's, it's a rarity these days. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, $5 super chat from uh, Brendel. Uh, big applause to Scott French for asking the best question at today's media press. We're going to get that too. And and we were, Christian and I were talking about before we came on the air too. Uh, we need the MLS version of Florentino Perez as president. Um, so <laughs> no, we don't No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. All absolutely right. Not. Let's, Thank you for the super chat, but no, 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 absolutely not. Um, let's get to a little bit of uh, news, uh, today. Uh, we have this news. We have another little bit of news that happened a couple days ago as well. The LA galaxy, uh, put on waivers or waived, uh, Chase Gasper. Uh, so Chase Gasper obviously joining the team, uh, coming in as a left back. Remember, this was a situation that was sort of explained as a guy who had gone through some substance abuse issues, uh, had done yeah. some rehab here in the Southern California area whenever he did um, and came off of that. And it was, I think, a deal between Minnesota and the LA Galaxy that had uh, Chase Gasper coming in this direction. Now, uh, a sizable amount of money, like not extremely, uh, you know, 465000 I think, is, is about what his salary was in that range. Mm -hmm. Always a lot. And the, the big criticism, and I think it was fair because I really like Chase Gasper as a defender, but you have to put him in a certain system. He's not Raheem Edwards and you can't ask him to go forward. He is a stay at home left back. Um, and if you have a system that needs a stay at home left back, he's your guy. Uh, that's yeah. not, that's not what they asked him to do. And a lot of times he was, he was caught out, uh, especially whenever he would go forward or, or different things, they'd ask him to go forward and then, and then trying to get back. Just, just not his game. Um, interesting move to do it now. Uh, if I'm guessing this is opening up a senior roster spot, uh, that they need. Um, otherwise you could have kept them and just kept them on the bench. Uh, as it is, uh, the rules state that as a guaranteed contract or semi guaranteed or a guaranteed player, um, basically, uh, if he clears waivers, meaning not picked up by another club. So right now what you're waiting for is the waiver process to play out that if anybody wants chase Gasper, that they can go ahead and bid for him. And what they will do is they'll say, we're going to pay $300,000 in for of his salary. We'll, we'll take that on the whole deal. And then other teams will be like, I'm going to put 250. You don't know what everybody's bidding, right? So everybody puts in their number and then the league goes, okay, uh, da, da, da. okay. You had the highest bid. So he goes to you. And if two teams had the same amount, then it goes to a waiver list order, right? The whole deal. So if two teams bid $350,000, there's a waiver order list. Apparently, um, that, okay. that, that would make that now like a blind auction. Yeah, it is. It is a blind auction. Now the big deal is that, uh, and if, if Chase Gasper isn't picked up by a club, then I believe his salary still hits the galaxy's cap whatever a club yeah. agrees to pick him up for takes that portion away from the galaxy's cap. So even if somebody is a hundred thousand, we'll take chase Gasper for $150,000, you know, that type of thing. That's $150,000 that gets removed from the galaxy's cap. That's how I understand it to be. This is a very convoluted process. Do I know a hundred percent? This is how it works. No, uh, but it does seem that the roster spot, and that's what was probably looked at here, the senior roster spot, that spots one through mm -hmm. 20, I believe, um, mm -hmm. that those that that would open up and they probably need a senior roster spot for the one to two players that are still supposed to be coming in. That's lost in all of this today in the Austin, yeah. this entire discourse, because there's obviously a lot of emotions. Uh, there's some news and the news is Greg Vanny says he still with 11 days left till the window closes. Greg Vanny says he still wants to bring one to two more players into this team in the next 11 days. So yeah, that's 
Yeah, it sounds about right because I think it, I I did not know the, the situation with the senior roster spots. So kudos to you for knowing that. And those things are you know precious; they're golden. So you've got to protect those and use them to their best ability. One, I hate to see a guy of Chase's ca- uh, character uh, to go. I I I don't know him personally, but I've I've covered him going back to his freshman year at UCLA, I think, believe in 2013, and was always a big admirer of him, always played with a lot of heart, gave everything he had on the field, and and, and kind of an old-fashioned fullback. The decision, totally understandable, and the way situation with Aude coming in, the writing was kind of on the wall. Also, too, when you talk about this gamble, perhaps, that the Galaxy take, that someone may pick him up and take that money away, um, it's likely that he will get picked up. He's too good not to be, whether it be in MLS or in USL. Um, and they'll take that cap hit. But that senior roster spot is something you've really got to utilize, and especially with the club in the situation that it is now and bringing in an unknown commodity such as Aude, then you know I can, I can see it. It makes sense at this point, um, especially when you see Aude is probably going to start as a left fullback. And that will put Raheem Edwards' situation in question, whether it be as a number two or farther up the pitch. So, you know, there really wasn't going to be a lot of room here for, you know, Chase Gasper to operate. And it probably has a better chance to be happier and and get more playing time somewhere else. So more power to him. Best of luck to him. Always thought he was a real good pro with a level head on his shoulders. Seems like a nice guy. I talked to him a couple times. Uh, You know, we never got into real great conversations, but uh, always seemed like a nice enough guy. So um, certainly interesting as as it goes. Um, By the way, super chat from Raphael. $5 says uh, from the COG Discord, uh, Herc on ESPN, Twelman on Apple, pundits on Extra Time, and multiple journalists all saying that Clyde needs to go. Come on. It's not just the supporter groups. Absolutely. It's not just the supporter groups. It's the noise. The noise. Yeah. By the way, from what Van is talking about from what I can tell and we'll play you the cuts here in just a little bit from what I can tell Vanny's the noise is all of the outside it's not just supporters groups it is the the press it is the podcast mm-hmm. it is the people saying that this person needs to go and that person needs to go and this needs to be cleaned out it's the Kevin Baxter's writing stories about how it all needs to be burned to the ground and start over again uh, I think that that was a summary of uh, of, of the whole thing um, and so uh, that's the noise it's the combination of everything so I know everybody wants to take every Everything personally, I would say that when we'll talk about this here in a little bit, uh, I would say best try not to. Um, and if and if I took things personally, I don't think I'd be on the air tonight. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, so anyway, so uh, that's one of the things. And then Raphael followed up with another five dollar super chat and says Klein makes money, but wouldn't they make more with a better product? This is the argument. LA Galaxy has so much untapped value. Why is Klein a sacred cow? Can and nobody else be a president? So it's a question that lots of people have asked for a very long time, Raphael. I certainly understand it. Thank you for the super chats. Appreciate that. So uh, with Gasper gone now, a rumor this morning. Real, it's an interesting rumor. Let's put it this way. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. tell you, we can we can kind of say that if it doesn't happen, um, it, it may be because this the this particular team uh, wants to wait until. Uh, the summer and we all know the LA galaxy can't wait until the summer. Uh, but here was the tweet. It was for the past few days. Uh, Marco Gruel has been rumored to be in the MLS and more specifically in with the LA galaxy. Uh, the Austrian media have mentioned an immediate departure, but rapid rapid Ven, rapid vine, Rapid Vienna, uh, yeah. rapid, rapid Vienna. Okay, rapid, rapid Vienna. Is that what it is? Okay, I, I figured yeah. that's what it was. Uh, rapid Vienna would, would rather sell the young left winger this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. To be continued. Now, it was heard this morning that they they denied the bid for the LA Galaxy from the LA Galaxy. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean it's over. Right. This is all just part of the game. And as it plays, uh, if you're say, why would I give this any credence, Christian? Because left wing or right wing or a winger is a position the LA Galaxy seem to be 
needing. So yeah. this wouldn't surprise me. Uh, a guy who I'd think uh, six goals, seven assists, something like that. It was it was in in double digits whenever you combined them. Um, struggling a little more this year. A younger player seems to fit the mold of what the LA Galaxy are trying to do right now, which is go a little bit younger. Um, look for the value buys. Uh, looking at with Caligari and and uh, and Aude. Um, so that's what this sort of falls into that, right? Again, just something to watch. This makes sense. I know everybody is also out there, Christian going, Jaimez Rodriguez is, is, uh, is at a contract at Olympiacos. They, they released him whole deal. They're like, Oh, is that going to happen? And I was like, well, n- nothing's linking him to the yellow galaxy. That's more just see, this is different. There's a link here with rule. There is not a link with Jaimez, but everybody's just like, Oh, well maybe he'll come to the LA galaxy. Um, so yeah. anyway, you know, it, it's, it, I'm not going to wade into that right now. I'm just saying that with gruel, at least there's a link. Um, and so we'll pay attention to it. Position of need. If it goes to summer, obviously that can't happen. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's that's where it is. I, I would also like to point out, Christian, that if you get somebody who's out of contract, the LA Galaxy mm-hmm. could add them after the window closes. But that gets into a mm-hmm. real sort of sketchy area because they can't add them during the summer transfer window. If even mm-hmm. I would imagine, even with a uh, out of contract player like you can't. With an ITC, you're not going to get him in the summer window. So that means the Galaxy could technically add a out-of-contract player who was either before the summer window or maybe after the summer window, but not during the summer window. And it could be an international transfer that comes in. I don't believe that's banned. Um, Yeah, which would mean that the the transfer would probably happen sooner than later, being that being the case. Because basically, it sounds like from what you're saying here, that, and as the rules are stated, that the ITC is is the key in this and when it is issued. And with that being in the summer transfer window, when the Galaxy are in the midst of that ban, that's a big no-no. And we also make sure that Chris Klein is not part of this transfer dealing as well. It, yeah. You can't be the one to sign him uh, as per rules. But uh, talk about a position of need. My goodness. I mean, we're all crying about, you know, it's, it's kind of the 400-pound gorilla in, in the studio here. Everybody knows we need a winger right now. This yeah. team is so narrow and so predictable. Yes, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about Grohl. I, to be honest, I do know that the position that he plays is somebody we need. I will go on the record right now and saying, please don't anybody talk or bring any credence to the rumors of Hamis Rodriguez coming in here. That's the last thing that the Galaxy need. Uh, but I think a player like Grohl, or if, you know, if he could perform in that area, that absolutely, that is a needed area. We'll see how it develops. Uh, and also how it would affect a player um, like Tyler Boyd and where he might find his place mm. in this team. Might mean a switch of, of flanks for him and a, and a differing role. We'll see. Well, the the good thing I heard about Gruel, he can play across all the positions in the midfield as well. Yeah. So he's a winger. So you can play him the right. You can play him on the left. Which again, the Galaxy need a right, need a left. So there's any pace. Pace hates in wide areas width, so bad. Pace and width in behind yeah. starting runs. If if I if it's me again, and I think I've talked about this on Monday, I get Tyler Boyd to start his runs with chalk on his shoes. Right? It's like yeah. get wide, provide that because mm-hmm. that's what's going to pull these pieces apart if we've seen the la galaxy and a huge trend that we've seen so far is the block shots right christian block shots are indicative of one not taking a good shot um and two allowing a defense to be set or compact in the box right Mm -hmm. because too many people in there it'll ping pong around you don't get the shot off or you do and it gets blocked why is that the galaxy are too narrow if they're too narrow they're not pulling those defenders apart they're not creating the windows of which to shoot ricky push can cut inside all he wants but there's six guys who are standing across that top line knowing that he's going to shoot from outside the box uh, right there. So, 
Yeah, for me, a guy that could really profit more from the width than anybody would be Ricky Puj. That's kind of where he profited late in the last run of the uh, 2022 season when he had that width able to operate underneath. I think, you know, when we talk about you know, everybody's pointing to the lack of goal scoring up top and Jovalich and his struggles and, and how the Galaxy have become too narrow. Yes, they are narrow, but the effect that it's had, the chain effect, the domino effect on a player like Ricky Puj, who you know, he's brilliant. Ricky's, you know, you know. Nine times out of ten, the best player on the pitch, but he's not hit the heights and he's not living up to Ricky Pooh's standards so far. Has had fleeting moments of that this season, I would say. But yeah, width is desperately needed for him. Um, it's desperately needed for players like Chicharito, like Jovlich to to succeed and, and to stretch those defense because it's all become rather predictable. It's all become rather one-dimensional and it, it, a little pace in wide areas, uh, especially with the way I think Greg wants to play. I think is is massively needed it's almost a prerequisite and essential at this point yeah it feels that way width width mm-hmm. give me wide width give me son wide. get it wide get it wide whip it outside whip it inside sound like english camp coaches ah just get it wide and whip it in mate <laughs> there you go that's how it is by the way sophie's sophie's in the chat room so i wanted oh. to, i want sophie to rate your your english accent that you just uh, threw no, out there no, yeah. no it's not happening yeah no yeah. it's not happening it's not happening <laughs> well everybody knows sophie's accent is fake anyway so yeah she's from nashville right yeah i'm pretty sure um, let's get it to a little bit of schedule. Uh, just that way again, we can pay attention to what's going on. LA galaxy, LAFC coming up. Uh, then of course you have the LA galaxy hosting Austin next. So 416 LAFC 422 Austin 429 away to Orlando. We talked about this month being a difficult one. All those games are difficult. Austin, not as good maybe as they were last year. Maybe they've come back a little bit, but they're still a dangerous team as far as I'm concerned. So, we uh, Christian, it's it's the big joke around here, but uh, whenever you're a bad team, every every other team that you play is a good team, right? So like a bad team, you're always facing good teams, right? So whenever you're a good team, that's whenever you get to face bad teams. The LA Galaxy haven't been a good team yet, so uh, they 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 do nothing but face good teams. Uh, that's how that's how the schedules work, and that's how it all rolls out. Uh, if we look at the standings here real quick, and I just want to cover them: Cincinnati at tops in the East, New England right behind them, Atlanta right behind them, uh, Columbus. Uh, you know, uh, at 13 points there, Toronto is the last one in above the line. If we look at the Western Conference, it's Seattle, St. Louis, LAFC, Dallas, Minnesota, San Jose, Houston, Vancouver, and Austin. Then it's Salt Lake below the line, Colorado, Portland, the LA Galaxy saved from the very bottom by Peter Vermees and his crew having played one more game. Also to point out uh, that as far as points per game go, LAFC is the best team in the Western Conference. Let's see, are they best team in the league? 2.33? No, they're not the best team in the league. They'd be second best team in the league whenever you look at that. So uh, that's the team that the LA Galaxy are facing uh, coming up is basically the best team in the Western Conference and the second best team in Major League Soccer through six, seven games uh, right in that little area there. Perfect, perfect. Wonderful. It's exactly what you want. That's right. That's right. Um, Let's get to another LA Galaxy announcement before we dive into uh, letters. Uh, Love letters to each other back and forth. Uh, LA Galaxy announced Will Misselbrook as chief creative and content officer. Uh, You know, uh, where there's a will, there's a way, apparently, for the LA Galaxy. Will Koontz and Will Misselbrook. Yeah, I... I stole that from somebody was in a text message chain with me and they told me I could use that. So um, did Baxter write that joke? No, he didn't. It wasn't Baxter. You would think it would be though. Um, it is definitely yeah. I like it. Yeah. Or, or the galaxy trying to will it into existence. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe that one. Oh, there's ouch. some, there's some, there's some shirts we could come up with. I'm sure. Um, 
Moving on. Yeah, basically, uh, on Wednesday, the LA Galaxy announces, so yesterday's we're recording on a Thursday night, uh, from President Chris Klein, our organi- organization is committed to reestablishing the LA Galaxy as an innovator and leader within the league. Uh, as part of our Galaxy leadership team, Will is leading new initiatives to reignite our brand, focusing on creative experiences and producing high-quality content where fans, the community, and our supporters can engage with the team in an exciting new ways. Uh, Will says, as an LA native and a lifelong Galaxy fan, this is, one, this is a once-in-a-life time opportunity personally and professionally uh the la galaxy is an iconic team and brand with an incredibly rich history and i am excited for the chance to work alongside chris and the leadership team to differentiate the club and deepen connections with fans supporters and new soccer enthusiasts through unique experiences compelling stories and engaging content nobody speaks like that by the way i just like to point out it's very it's written very nicely i'm just saying nobody speaks like that um I will point out, uh, Misselbrook joined the LA Galaxy after spending two seasons with the Washington Commanders, uh, where he served as chief creative and digital officer um, and a first-of-its-kind title within an NFL front office. Now, that's led a lot of people to believe that uh, Misselbrook is coming in to rebrand the LA Galaxy. Certainly, mm-hmm. there were talks of rebrand. He has said so far in other interviews, I think it was a sports business journal, he's basically said that's not what he's here to do. Uh, he's yeah. here to basically uh, revamp, restore, uh, revitalize the, the brand itself. So um, I don't believe that there's going to be a a how, how do i say this an official rebrand right but there yeah. may be some tweaks to messaging and things like that i mean that's really what he's supposed to be uh bringing into this i will say that will Kuntz and will misselbrook uh both of these guys have been with the club now for a little while this is nothing new mm-hmm. um but the announcements are are, are very very new so i uh, i think it's a detroit hire I'm, i've had the pleasure of talking to will for the first time so, to my surprise uh, from across the pond but a big la fan going back right. to uh you know, to the, the old days, but it's, you know, talk about a guy who's got experience a, in a, in a organization such as the Washington commanders who are going through so much, you know, foundational change and able to, you know, point them in the right direction in the midst of that change. It's something the galaxy really need right now. And you know, I talked to Will just a matter of days ago, lovely guy and a guy that he, he understands the past of, of this team and how that you know it's kind of lost its way with the community, and, and we've seen it with the boycott and everything. It's he wants to mend fences, and he wants to bring the past into that, and kind of lead the way forward. And I think that's a, the, the proper perspective uh, to have at this point. So, you know, hopefully it'll all work out. He's uh, you know as qualified as anybody, and um, just a, actually a really great guy to talk to this week. Yeah, it, 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 I haven't met him yet. Um, I look forward to it whenever I get a chance. But certainly. Uh, it'll be interesting. Alex gave us a $2 super chat, sending you a wooden spoon holder for the studio. Uh, Alex, the, the wooden spoon comes with its own hole in the holder. You don't need one. I've had, I've had it in my office for a year. I know exactly. But tell me you don't walk around the studio with it. Just, it's, you know, it's like all the lights are off. You're walking around the spoon. Just, I, you know, remember I almost got beat up for having the wooden spoon. Um, some, some, a supporter wanted to beat me up for having the wooden spoon because we would put it on every podcast in 2018. It was right behind yeah. the guest every single time. And I'm like, no, 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 that's a reminder. That's I'm doing that yeah. on purpose. That's a reminder that this is what happens whenever you don't do good things, when you don't make smart decisions, when you don't put people in places to succeed. Right. Well, apparently I need eating. to get it's just a reminder of what, you know, you did wrong to remind you, hey, we got to do better. Right. I, I've, I've told everybody and this is an old joke. If you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you know, I, I think it's like a Harry Potter Horcrux, though, whenever you're talking about like it, <laughs> it saps the good energy in the room for sure. Um, so 
Uh, yeah, anyway, that's where it is. And by the way, I'm getting a lot of comments. One is that um, I'm cheating on Dr. Pepper with Pepsi. Uh, first of all, I'm trying to cut back on my soda, and this was left over, and I just needed, yeah. just needed a little something. And then I also have the carbonated uh, sparkling water from Liquid Death that I'm trying to replace my soda with. So if I'm Are cranky... You trying to kill yourself, Kessman? If I'm cranky, then the reason is I because my caffeine intake has dropped like in half. So yeah, You might as well just get a gallon of antifreeze and pile that one down too. But this, I, what can I ask? I'm the one that likes to drink the red wine on the, on the, that's on the show. That's fine. That's fine. That's very much uh, how it goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had, I've had the wooden spoon here before. Uh, if it comes again, there's a shelf back there, uh, of which you can sit. Uh, it, the, the wooden spoon reminds me of something you'd see like on the wall at Cracker Barrel. Or Cracker Barrel, am I wrong? Or you know, Black Bear Diner or something. Um, those those are upscale places compared to what the wooden spoon actually <laughs> is. Uh, every every group is allowed to modify the wooden spoon, do something to it. There's there's a crack in it, and that was put there on purpose. Um, Have you ever used it? No, you can't. It's 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 screwed. It's screwed to, to a trophy. Up? No, I haven't. I didn't try. I didn't try to use it. I forget who it is. Really? Oh, they put it. Was it the San Jose Earthquakes? Like their um, their owner or something like that? It wasn't that, or it was the oh, uh, who was the Columbus Crew owner who then went and started Austin? What uh, Anthony Precourt? Oh, Anthony yes. Precourt. So, Precourt, yeah. So the name of the wooden spoon is the Anthony Precourt Memorial Trophy. Good, right? Good. <laughs> so huh. I'm, I'm, that should stick for a long, long time after what he tried to pull off here. We need to, whoever has that wooden spoon. We need to get that on the show. You need video of that of that person actually trying to make use of that spoon. Of, of the wooden spoon, okay. Um, that would be it's good video. Very good. Uh, yeah. So that's that's where it is. So uh, elf on the shelf spoon in the room, as Mister Provino says. I like that. Uh, very good. All of the elf on the shelf stuff is crazy. Uh, by the way, I just I oh. do I've I've done it and it is it's nuts and we should all stop. Um, all right. So with uh, most of the quote unquote good news out of the way, <laughs> let's turn. Let's turn uh, the LA Galaxy and Chris Klein put out a message to season ticket members and just season ticket members. Uh, and this message said uh, earlier this week, LA Galaxy season ticket members. I love the LA Galaxy. The most important part of the club is the people who are involved every day who share the same passion that I do. Our staff, our players and everyone at AG work tirelessly to give you a club that you can feel a part of and proud of. I uphold the values established by those who came before me, those who are here now and those who will carry the club into the future. This includes accountability for the results on the field. When we hired Greg Vanny at the end of the 2020 season, he had a plan to build out the soccer operations for our club, and he laid out a five-year plan to build the LA Galaxy into a club that competes for championships year in and year out. This plan includes making the playoffs in 2022 and advancing the playoffs in 2023. I believe in what we're building and the people who are building it. However, if we fail, sh if we fall short of our goals this year, I will step aside as the president of the club that I so dearly love. This was my commitment to Dan Beckerman and AG when I agreed to my extension and I stand behind that promise uh, signed Chris Klein. So president of the galaxy putting out a, an email, uh, 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 listen, ahead of El Trafico week, ahead of the large rivalry. I think this was an attempt to garner some support from the supporters group and possibly get people to return back to the stands for this game. This is the game that everybody had circled in terms of the boycott and everything that was going on. First, it was the Rose Bowl. Whenever that mm. got canceled, it was shifted over to this. Everybody knows that this is the big move. We talked about sort of the chess game or the checkers game that was sort of going on. This is where it's a stalemate. This is where you find out Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Because this was the biggest chip available on the table. 
and somebody wants to quote unquote win the day, whether you're on the supporters group side, whether you're on Chris Klein's side, somebody wants to win the day. I think this was Chris Klein's attempt to win the day, which is, hey, I, I'm, I'm not going to be here if we fall short this year. I'm going to leave. And I think that was sort of given as a peace offering to the supporters groups. Now, I yeah. personally, Christian, this is just my belief. I personally believe that uh, that if this was the case, then it should have been stated from the very beginning that that was the case. And maybe there wouldn't have been a boycott. Maybe people would have been like, all right, then this is the last year. If we fall short, we fall short. But the other problem with this that I have is that and people have asked me to clarify for clarify for them what this means. And I can't tell you because it's too vague for me. I don't know. So if the Galaxy get into the 8-9 playoff game and they advance in that, does that mean that Chris Klein gets to keep his job? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, and I don't think they explained it. And I think they left it vague on purpose. Uh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they left it vague on accident. Um, but, you know, that's sort of one of those things. You look at this and say, well, what are the actual metrics here? Um, and so for me, I... I certainly took a while to digest this because I think it's a positive that you're putting some metric on it. And I was like, oh, man, there's a metric on it. That's good because that yeah. gives a measurement, right? You're able to measure what he's saying and how he's doing it. Uh, the problem is that that measurement or that metric can be bent and changed now because it, of the vagueness of what it is. And so I can't say that it really stands for anything for me. That's my opinion. I don't know. I don't know that it had the effect that they thought it was going to have. Refresh my memory here, Josh. In that letter, is he saying if they don't make the playoffs, I will resign? Is that how I'm understanding? Am I understanding this, this correctly? This plan included, I'll quote, this plan included making the playoffs in 2022 and advancing mm -hmm. in the playoffs in 2023. All right. So this okay. year, advancing in the playoffs. Now, technically, the LA Galaxy advanced in the playoffs in 2022 because they won a right. game and then they went. Right. So does that mean that you are advancing in the playoffs, meaning going further than you did go? Because that would put you at a conference final in, mm -hmm. in this year if you were doing that. But being that the playoff system has changed and that, I don't know, like 65% of the teams in Major League Soccer make the playoffs yeah. and that the 8-9 game is technically a quote-unquote playoff or play-in game. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in the 8-9, yeah, does that satisfy? If you win the 8-9, that's advancing in the playoffs or does it have to be you know, or again, is it further than what they got last year? Where is that what the improvement is? Well, by my understanding, the criteria is yes. To answer your question, according to the criteria outlined by him in this letter, that's you know, obviously if that is the case, they do make the playoffs and they advance. Then yes, he's met the criteria. Now I'm going to go on the record and say I think the criteria in this case, and and and, and MLS has set this bar with uh, the playoff standard. I think it's really weak. Um, as a gauge of success, I think extremely generous. You said 65% of the teams. Yeah, I think that's right. Calling NBA model. I'm, I'm staunchly against it because it's done a large degree of irrelevancy to the, the regular season. And it's, uh, you know, really diluted the importance of it. Um, but as far as Klein goes, this is his, like you mentioned, this is his olive branch right now. Um, anything Chris Klein says right now. It is going to be viewed as a poison chalice by these supporters groups, and rightfully so, and understandably so. I empathize with them. I totally understand it. Um, it to me, what's really interesting is tying his future to the present situation uh, and whether or not they're going to make the playoffs and, and basically tying his fate to their fate and how they do. And the pressure that that puts on the team, which Greg was asked and you're going to get to here in a moment, um, that to me is, is a little strange. It is, it's an for me, an unnecessary distraction as such an 
important part of the season. Is that in the club's best interest? For my estimation, no at this point. Um, but also, to there's one thing that's really remiss, I think, in, in Chris's letter, as well-intentioned as it is, is the fact, you know, this is not just, to use a lack of a better word, context, just about this season. This is about, you know, going back 10 years. This is going back since 2016 where the club, let's be honest, I mean, I'm not sure it has fallen way short of where we should be. I'm stating the obvious, you know, Captain Obvious. But and I think that is the, the supporters gripe. I won't speak for them. But as I understand it, and, and rightfully so, you know, and I, I I'm, I'm frustrated at it, too. I'm, I'm not one to point fingers at whose fault it was. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But I know that it's not good enough. It hasn't been good enough for a heck of a long time. Um, so I can understand the consternation and the reticence of, of, of these supporters groups and accepting that letter at face value. Yeah, yeah, I, I can as well. Let me get to some super chats here and then we'll, we'll continue on with this. Uh, Pee Wee, a $5 super chat. I believe in trust in Greg Vanny. Understand that. That's fine. Uh, Alex, I told you about $2 super chat giving me a wooden spoon holder. Um, let's see. I think I had one more. Yeah. Uh, do you think the emailed fired? Uh, go geez. This is from Tim. Tim with a $2 super chat. Appreciate that, Tim. Uh, yeah, I do. I do think it fired. I do think it backfired. I think it wasn't specific enough. Uh, yeah. I think it wasn't uh, well thought out. I, I'm actually surprised they, they allowed it. To, to go out. That's the, the that's, pressure it puts on Vanny to me is he says no, by the way, Vanny says it doesn't put him any in, on any pressure. I don't think, I don't know how there can be. Now here's the thing. I would love distraction. To, pressure may not be the right word, but a distraction here an unnecessary distraction at this point. Yeah, because it's, it's not needed right now. It's going to be has a laundry list of problems going on right now. This is not what they need at this point. In my estimation, it's going to be tracked. I mean, you know, um, as as one of our super chatters said earlier, it's like it's all over. Extra time radio went in two footed on the LA Galaxy and rightfully so deserved. Mm. Uh, Matt Doyle was like, I don't get it. You had all these years to do it. Cincinnati, as they point out, Cincinnati went from being the worst team in the league for two or three years into being one of the best teams in the league. You can yeah. turn things around quickly yeah. whenever you have the right people doing the right things, making the right decisions. Uh, now. There's pressure on everybody. And and Greg Vanny today, certainly with his reactions, I'm saying Greg Vanny is saying, it, 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 in my opinion, Greg Vanny is saying, you're judging me on two years and six games uh, that I've been here. And I've just tried to keep the guy. And, and he's right up to a certain point where he has had the LA Galaxy in this upward trajectory. I agree with that. Um, the whole deal. Now, right now, that's not necessarily in an upward trajectory. He has to reconcile that and feel it. But he's having to answer for eight years of, of bad decisions right. and, it's not, and it's not on him, but he's going to be the one that gets the pressure. And now Chris Klein is basically taking those eight years. And again, my opinion, eight years of decisions, eight years of lack of decisions, eight, eight years of lack of leadership, all of those things and put the pressure on Greg Vanny to save mm -hmm. his job. Um, right. You know, maybe Greg doesn't feel any pressure from it. Now I don't have to say a lot of things uh, because LA riot squad and uh, their president, Andrew Alisana, we have the utmost respect for um, answered the open letter. And so this was an open letter uh, to the uh, to Chris Klein uh, that they put out. Uh, and by the way, somebody somebody asked, they're like, well, why did you tweet out a thing about the about the L.A. riot squad when you just like quote retweeted something uh, that happened for the season ticket member email from Chris Klein? I'm like, well, nobody sent me that email. Uh, the first one. So the LA riot squad, they sent me that email. So I was able to get it and actually report on it. I had to use other people's stuff in order to talk about the other one. So, um, here is, uh, here is the LA riot squad. Uh, and this is what Andrew said, and I will read it in best I can. It says, dear Chris Klein, they say, if you love something, let it go. 
I believe for you that time is now. Your leadership has been ineffective and has created a galaxy organization that lacks transparency with no clear vision. Your platitudes and vague statements are not something we as fans can be proud of. The past 10 years have been characterized by a lack of planning, no foresight, and delayed reactions to changes in the MLS landscape. You don't seem to understand your fan base, and you ignore the problems that are obvious to everyone else and have been raised repeatedly by fans of this club. Your recent tactic of tying your fate to the team's playoff success is a cheap cop-out that puts undue pressure on the coach and players. You've had 10 years to establish yourself as a president and build a successful team or give us something to be proud of, but have not shown that you can do so. This timely reveal of the goals, in quotation marks, does not address the concerns and grievances that we as fans have been raising for years, such as the increasing prices, diminishing season ticket holder value, and keeping Herbalife as a sponsor. We have waited since December for you to address the sanctions in your status as the president of the LA Galaxy. Why were these quote-unquote goals not mentioned in our first meeting with Dan Beckerman? Why now? This sort of soft backpedaling, purposely vague statements and reactionary responses are patronizing to Galaxy fans indicative of your presidency. You used to play for the Galaxy when MLS Cup was the standard, and that's how we measured each season. Now you've lowered that bar to simply making the playoffs and quote unquote advancing in them this year. You have plunged the Galaxy into chaos, and this has become a detriment to the future of the club. If you truly love the club, you would recognize that and let someone do the job that raises our standards to where they once were. It's time to step down and let someone else lead the team to success that every Galaxy fan seeks. Uh, that's from Andrew Alass Alassana, president of the LA Riot Squad. So, wow, it's I mean, that's that's sort of the whole problem that I have, um, which is uh, Andrew got it right, and and the LA Galaxy and Chris Klein didn't, and and between those two statements, you could read them next to each other all day long. I think you'll mm -hmm. see the differences there. I don't want to dwell on it. Everybody has already talked about this. This is one of those things that, that we've talked about. This is something that has been a staple on our show since at least 2017. Um, so it's not something we have to drill down together over and over and over again. But there's a reason that the boycott is ongoing. There's a reason that these fans feel that they have a right um, to, to interject themselves into this. And I think Andrew does a good job of, of saying that. So anyway, that's, uh, that's what we have there. Now we have more to talk about. Um, lots more because Greg Vanny had a media session today. Chicharito had a media session today. Um, and boy, oh boy, were there's other lots to talk about. Um, so we have some long segments of, of audio that need to sort of be addressed here. We're going to do that in a way that hopefully, um, you know, allows the context of what Greg Vanny is saying, because their context is the key word for today. Uh, the yep. context of what Greg Vanny is saying, uh, the questions that were asked, and hopefully you understand. Uh, if you want to watch this entire press conference, Corner of the Galaxy, uh, you can go to cornergalaxy.com. You can watch it there. You can go on YouTube. If you type that in, we have the full one with all of Greg, all of Chicha, um, and then uh, Julian uh, Aude is on there as well. So you can listen to all those. Some of those are in Spanish. I don't have translations available for that. I apologize. But if you understand Spanish, you are there. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, executive producer Herb is in the chat today. $32.84 super chat. Hey, Josh, thank you for always making the media press interviews available in its entirety. Hey, Miles, happy belated birthday to Rigby. Shout out to El Trafico Radio, Mike and Alex. Listeners, viewers, hit the like button. There's our executive producer working his, working his magic uh, once again. You would think, though, if he's the executive producer, Christian, that like he would get paid like to do that stuff and said he pays us to talk on the radio. It's weird. It's just, it's just a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm being used or not. I can't tell. <laughs> that That's the magic of the overlord, right? That's you know, right. You don't know if you're being toyed with when you may be or you may not. 
let's get to the uh, explosiveness. Uh, there were some questions going in here, and we may go backwards a little bit, so that way Greg Vandy can talk about LAFC coming up, uh, because I think that's important. Maybe we'll save that for the LAFC part of all of this. Uh, but let's get to uh, the question from Scott French. I will give you the question, and then you will have Greg Vandy getting the answer. Uh, this was from today's media session. Uh, the expletives have been bleeped out by the LA Galaxy. Thank God, because I was this is a family show, and I was trying to figure out, I was going to be like, oh, I guess we have to let them roll, because it's news. Um, and, and we roll with it and see what happens, but the galaxy did shorten those a little bit. Trust me, you'll still be able to know what it is. So uh, <laughs> if you have kids around who know what the swear words are, maybe some earmuffs are appropriate here for just a little bit, but, uh, none of the words actually are said. They're just implied. So here's Scott French, the question, and then on to Greg Vanny, the answer. The narrative, uh, from the outside right now is doom and gloom that, you know, the, the, the fact being that, you know, we're start in terms of points, goals, goal difference wins. Um, but that turmoil in the locker room, uh, just complete mismanagement at all levels. The, uh, the only way to, to solve this is to get rid of everyone uh, from below you, including you, including Jovan, uh, uh, Chris, all the way to change of ownership now is getting thrown out there. It's, uh, it's just this, yeah. this uh, you know, that this is the lowest point in Galaxy history. Um, that's some of the talk that's out there. I'm just wondering... One, your your response to it, and and two, you know, it's built off of a, a poor start, and there are there's context so to that poor okay, start. Okay, let's back back up a second. Okay. For me, it's total bullshit, but people can have their opinions. They're allowed to their opinions, and it's noise. And the only thing that we can do is a group that is very close from top to bottom in our organization, from Chris down to every single player, to our academy coaches, to every single player. As we understand it's us against whoever wants to talk about us, that's no problem. No problem. We understand where we're at and we understand where we're going. And we also understand the context of the situation. And you can't take context out of a story and just write a story because that in itself is bull****, right? The context of the situation is we finished the season last year with our heads held high in the stadium against LAFC. It took them till the final play basically of the game to get rid of us in a game that we controlled in many ways. Uh, and they went on to win a championship. Congratulations to them. We should, and those should say, they had a really good team and they won a championship. For us, we're moving in the right direction. Two years ago when I got here, we went through the first season, changing 16, 17 players, complete overhaul of our roster, and it went down to the final two or three minutes of the season, of which we were in the playoffs for the entire season until the last 30 seconds in which I think VAR apologizes, Pro apologizes for a missed call in Kansas City that could have also got us in. Now, in the context of that, there are a lot of plays over the course of the season that we could have made to make that a, to get that one point and make that difference up. But we weren't, we weren't there. But let's say VAR makes that call. We're into the playoffs that year, okay? And then we take another step forward in the second year to get there. The only difference between where we were last year and where we are now is three months, four months, and six games. That doesn't change the direction and trajectory of an organization. In the context of those months and games, our captain, both two DPs have been injured. Our captain that has scored 18 goals has been injured. Our goalkeeper gets injured. We have had to adjust a few players for various reasons, some being family reasons and others. So we have players who are still coming in. Okay, we're managing a million-dollar fine and no summer window okay which none of us asked for in the grand scheme of things but 
we're managing a lot of different things in this finite amount of time, and we're trying to fit that into this portion. We go off and we start the season. We haven't been played outplayed in every single game we've played. We've played four on the road and two at home. Right? Four on the road and two at home. Not many teams build momentum in MLS with four road games and two at home. It's difficult to build some momentum in that scenario. Right? So outside of that as well, right? Again, getting people in, trying to go. We haven't had one break really in our in our favor. Not that we're asking for anything that we don't deserve. I don't believe in that. I'll tell you when the other team should have had something. I'll tell you when we should. I'm very very honest about where we are and what we deserve and don't deserve. We haven't had one break in our favor, and that goes into that could have been two points at home when a day on gets called for a goal that we score. That kind of a phantom handball, whether it's a handball or not. And for me, the referee. But whatever. I don't need to go through all that again. We haven't had one break. We are where we are six games in the season. That's part of it. There's been other teams in MLS who have had just as bad of a start and gone on and won a championship in our league. It's just how our, our league works, right? And so for us, the most important thing is get rid of the noise. Don't care what anybody thinks. Don't care what anybody says. Don't honestly care who shows up in the stadium. We love our fans, and we want them to be there, and we want them to support us. But for us, what matters is we have to deliver on the field. We have to concentrate on the field in terms of what we're doing, our performances, our execution, and getting wins. That's what we need to focus on every single day and every single time we come out or work together as a group. We have incredible belief inside of our group. We have incredible belief in the direction that we're going. You can ask any of them. You can ask any of us. It's just about momentum. It's about time. It's about execution. It's about getting our group whole, and it's about moving forward and not allowing anything else to disrupt that process from taking place. All right, everybody, good. Did it, did wow. I, did I lose anybody? Greg, Greg is. I mean, again, I I understand the frustration, but everybody knew this question was coming. If Scott wouldn't have asked it, I would have asked it. This is absolutely yeah. the question that you have to ask here. So I, I saw somebody saying that, you know, oh, it's a BS question. It's not a BS question. It's absolutely a relevant question. There are all these people. Listen, it's not just me. It's not just anybody who's on this podcast. It's not, you know, the striker. It's not the, uh, you know, the athletic. It's not just MLS. It's not the Apple TV guys. It's not, you can go listen, list, you know, I will be the first one to say, Christian, that I think this LA Galaxy team has been better than the results. But we also said, let's yeah. look at the scoreboard. Okay, the scoreboard says you haven't won anything. Okay, then you didn't win anything. That's how this works. Um, you know, I understand. The reason I think Greg should be frustrated and why I understand this is, one, he's feeling the pressure. To, we knew that. Um, and two is... He's having to answer for all this. Where was Chris right. Klein answering for this? Where was, you know, all the guys in the front office who are supposed to be answering these questions for, for Greg? I understand he's a sporting director, but he's a sporting director mm -hmm. because the president is currently suspended for making sporting decisions. Right. Uh, you know, he talks about a million dollar fine in the summer transfer ban. That's that's not on him. He's absolutely right. And I would be frustrated as heck if yep. somebody put me in that position where they're like, by the way, your job's on the line, but I'm going to put you, I'm going to handcuff you. I understand that frustration, but the frustration isn't with the question. The frustration isn't with the context. The context has been here for 10 years. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's like we've been talking about this for a very long time about what's going on. So, yes, Greg, I think this show, and I'll be proud to say, has done a good job in providing context. We tell you about the slow starts. We tell you about the context across all LA Galaxy seasons. We tell you about how this looks. We tell you about, you know, me personally, I don't think this is a wooden spoon team. I, I don't. I know. No. I don't know that they win against LAFC, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Yeah. Right. But that's a different 
thing that's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks. I think the Galaxy add one or two more players. I think that that makes a difference. I think this LA Galaxy team ends up being anywhere from the sixth to fourth best team in the Western Conference um, because I think there's too much talent for them not to be. Uh, they're in a funk, and Greg yeah. Danny has to, and Greg Vanny has to deal with this. I'm sorry. That's that's just the way it is. If you want to be the spokesman, you have to deal with this. There's so much to unpack here. First of all, I'm going to go on the record. I think Greg Vanny is is the man for the job. I think the the calls for him to being ousted are absolutely ridiculous. I think he's been thrust into an unfair situation where, yes, he's made mistakes. Every manager is going to make mistakes. But the weight of the context of these 10 years is bearing down upon him on this season at this particular moment. Now, a lot of that is of the Galaxy's own making. Why were the moves not made in the offseason is a big question and a head-scratcher for yours truly right now. And I know for a lot of fans right there. And justifiably so, but the weight of these past, you know, six, seven, you can go back as you know as far as 2015, are now coming to fruition right now, and that's an unfair burden, I think, for Greg Vanny to have to shoulder by himself. That is the situation. Um, as far as the, the in the preamble to the question, the fact that things have been mismanaged in the locker room and 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 the locker room is lost, I don't I don't believe that. And all indicators are not. Yes, I, I have some more frustration. I still think they're galvanized and they have belief. Right. And they, I still think they play for Greg Vanny. Yeah, I, let me let me add this context. I will say that from what I've heard, there is frustration within the locker room about the formations they're playing. Right. And yes. I think the three, five, two. Right. And I asked Greg Vanny about the three, five, two after the Houston game. Right. I said, Hey, you guys had some success with it in the second half against Seattle. Did you consider possibly starting in it against Houston? The whole deal. And he said yes. And then he gave a, a detailed enough answer that I'm I'm it's like it's like I sit there and I go, he answered the question. He answered the question yeah. exactly why. That's his thinking. That's why he's telling you. Now, I don't think that sits well with some of the players. I think some of the players would like to play in a two forward set. Uh, you know, and and that's fine. And you know, listen, teams. Every player wants to play. One, every team, every player wants to play, and two, teams right. love to be offensively like uh -huh. careless in terms of throw it all forward. Let's go for it. You know, telling yeah. professional athletes to go for it is like the easiest thing in the world because they all want to go for it. The harder thing is to be like, I want you to be reserved. I want you to set back. This is a right. game plan. This is what we want to do. Right. Yeah. The, the, the discipline in it. And you can see that this team sometimes lacks discipline. So I get why Vanny is sort of trying to draw that line. Now, do I think he's right? Yeah. The three, five, two. I don't know. With Chicha and Judd, I'm really interested to see it try. I was I was excited to see it against Houston. And then Caceres gets red carded. And so then it goes out the window. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's sort of the thing that that but I see here. Yeah. Go ahead. Josh, just uh, tactics are, are such a flexible thing and they change within the scope of the game. So, you know, blindly asserting a 3-5-2 working regardless of, of the opponent, I think is something that you can't really, uh, is not a reasonable assertion in, in my opinion. You know, because, you know, if you get a team sitting on a two-goal lead, of course they're going to sit off and it's easy to play a 3-5-2. So we can, in each situation in the game is so different and you know different tactics call for that and and i think that's one of the things that greg benny does pretty well is he's able to adjust on the fly i think this manager ha has done about as much given the deck and the cards that has been dealt to him that you could ask for of course he's had made mistakes you know and, and to his credit greg benny will will own up to that i think he was a little defensive today uh in in that question which i perfectly like you believe was a reasonable question for Scott to ask. And it's the question that's on a lot of our collective minds. Um, and it, but again, I think it, to the overall and overarching point, it, it puts this situation with 
the discord between the fans, between the front office, the disconnect with this club and its supporters is manifesting itself and the focusing on Greg Vanny. That is an undue burden. I think that Greg Vanny has to endure. The best way to alleviate that obviously is winning right now. And the Galaxy, in conjunction with all this context weighing down on it, they're performing badly. You can sit here and point to, yes, you've had fleeting moments where you've outplayed teams. And yes, on the balance, perhaps maybe you have edged it. That's not how games are judged. And and Greg knows that. Games are judged upon results and you're based upon results. That's the nature of this business. So to, to point to that, yes, it is a, it, to their credit, but the Galaxy, you know, if you want to point to performances, yes, they have had good moments, but they've also had a lot of terrible moments yeah. Yeah. this season. And that, that's something that wasn't illuminated, I think. And, 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 and you're trying to keep morale high, and I understand why these comments are made in, in the nature that they are. But there's so many things that you could point out here, but the, I think with he, he is frustrated. Yeah. And I know that they are frustrated. You can see it in their body language and the way they're playing. And they should be frustrated. And if they weren't, then, you know, obviously indifference is when you really get concerned. <laughs> but they are frustrated. As far as him losing the locker room, no. I think he's made some wrong decisions, in my estimations, um, in, in some tactical situations. But, that, you know, I'm that, that man knows more about football than I'll ever forget. So uh, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Excuse me. <laughs> but, um it's just an unfortunate situation. I don't know what the answer is to it. I know I know the answer is winning to not pull the plug and get Greg Vanny out of here and go with a new guy. I, I, you know, how many times are we going to re, you know, revamp this team and rebuild this team? And we've been down that road. Yeah. And we, we've tried domestic coaches. We tried foreign coaches and it just hasn't worked. Um and for whatever reason, there's a lot of reasons why, whether it be squad construction, the people making decisions, the lack of scouting that's been done, the fail to address things during the offseason. You yeah. know, that, let's look at those. Um, but Greg Vanny, I understand his frustration. Reasonable question from Scott. Um, a little bit of deflection perhaps going on for Greg Vanny, but that's what you want a manager to do. And secondly, any manager worth his salt. And this is a card that's played by a lot of manager, a siege mentality is a great singular way to galvanize the belief, get the boys, get your team, get your women, your team behind you to form and unite and make a charge forward. The world's against us. We're going to prove you all wrong. Screw you guys. We're going to go out here and beat you. And for me, like I said earlier, that can manifest itself in such a game as this. The gift of the fixture is the El, is El Trafico. Yeah. Uh, Sauce, by the way, gives the $2 super chat says, uh, what happened between Greg Vanny and Raheem Edwards on the side, right? There was a, there in the Houston game, there was apparently it was off camera, uh, but there was a push or yeah. there was something. I, I think we explained it on Monday night. I'll explain what I think is happening. Uh, Raheem Edwards was coming out of that game uh, for Douglas Costa because Douglas Costa was coming in. Um, and Raheem Edwards was upset about that. Uh, and I don't blame him. Also, you have to understand for Raheem Edwards is there's there's a big part of this that I think hopefully everybody understands. Uh, Julian Alde is coming in to replace Raheem Edwards at left back. We all know right. this, just like uh, Caligari came in to replace uh, Leardam at right back after Julian yeah. Araujo went away. Right. So we knew that. So you're talking about you want to talk about pressure. Everybody's feeling it. Raheem Edwards is feeling it. So Greg Vanny's like, yeah, Ra, I'm going to pull you out. And Raheem Edwards is like, you're not pulling me out. Like, screw you. That ain't happening. You know, and. I love it. Oh, you know what? Most coaches are going to tell you that it's probably not a problem. Maybe my high school baseball coach would have had a problem, but he was a dick anyway, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> you know, um, don't show up. I mean, you, you don't show what? up the coach. You don't show up the coach. 
Yeah. <laughs> if Raheem wasn't pissed, that's yeah. when you'd be angry. I, I want the player. That's just, you know, that that's what happens in the, in the game. You know, and, and every I, I like to see it. I mean, Raheem, that means, you know, he's fighting for a spot. It goes back to what you and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, ahead of uh, the game. The competition for spots makes teams better. Yep. Now you've got it. Game on, Raheem. You want the spot. Go get you it. You know, add it. Go get it. Yep. Or yep. if you don't, adapt and play higher up. Or you know, you find yourself out on the outside looking in. That's the nature of this beast. And Aude, I, I like the move. I think it's a good move. I think Raheem, um, you know, lacks certain de- defensive attributes in certain times. Um, he brings some great, you know, offensive attacking qualities. But um, we've seen the holes that it can leave in a team. If you ever wanted a team that had a little bit more of a, a disciplined type of setup. It's against an LAFC team right. that really are just deadly in transition, especially in those wide areas. They have pace and mobility. The, the Galaxy have had problems defending in wide areas for the last two years or three years, four or five years, if you want to go back. And I think this is a game that, you know, it, it, to a team that kind of plays to their strengths. So if you needed a more of a defensive presence at that position, this is really a game for that. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes itself out. Um, but I like, I love the response from Raheem Edwards. More of it. Bring it on. Uh, all right, we got another long one to go here. Uh, Greg Vanny was asked, hey, you know, this was follow-up right afterwards. So Scott basically followed up right afterwards and said, and you have some guys coming back, right? And uh, Greg Vanny said this. Now, the important part of this is the second part where he dives in again into the topics of the first part. So uh, let's get to Greg Vanny's response to Scott French here. Yeah, we're getting there. Look, we, we've, we've brought in two really young and incredibly talented young fullbacks that are integrating into our team. You've seen it from Lucas after just a handful of games, the quality that he brings into the position. Julian is just now joining us and working his way into integrating into our group. We still, in my opinion, we're still going to add one to two more players before we close out here at, down the stretch. We're just getting Javi back. We get Douglas back for a few minutes. Unfortunately, uh, uh, and lack of discipline in a moment for him, for sure. Not his only moment, I get it, but lack of discipline is... is stopped his return back to our group so again we 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 are getting to become more whole not just on the game field but also in the training environment right and integrating players of their caliber they impact how you play they impact certain things inside of the game it's like when you add lebron back into the lakers not saying they are it it just it impacts everybody a little bit right and so some of that takes just a, a couple games. It takes a few weeks of training. It takes some integration of all of that to for guys to settle in. All right. He goes on there, but that's most yeah. of it. Uh, the follow-up question, we'll go quickly to it, uh, was uh, with that great context that you just gave us, this is me quoting the question, uh, when Chris Klein says that if you guys don't make the playoffs, he leaves, th- he leaves uh, do you feel like he's adding pressure to you guys? This is the stuff, Christian, you and I were talking about. Here's Greg Vanny's response. No. Uh, look, <laughs> We're professional athletes at the Los Angeles Galaxy. We understand what pressure is and we understand what our expectations are, right? So it doesn't change anything. We have, again, every year for us is about trying to take another step forward. But mind you, there's now 29 teams in the league that are also trying to do the same thing. This is no longer a league of 12 teams or 19 teams of which the Galaxy is the the spender of that's different than everybody else. We're in a league with a lot of very ambitious clubs and teams and some that have are ahead of us in terms of making roster decisions and things and have settled their groups in and have come in no problem we're in the process of over the last few years of kind of rehauling and and resetting and building our group from inside out and the, and working together as a team in there to build the club inside and out 
and we're just we're working through the process. So does Chris put any more pressure? I can tell you, every one of our guys wants to win every game all the time, and we don't. It it's killer for us, and it hurts. And so, you know, we have again the utmost respect for Chris, and and I know Chris would, if he felt like something was truly right for the club, he would do it. 100% he would do it. And if he feels like that's right, because he cares. He cares for all of us, and he cares about this organization. And so if he felt like whatever that was, it was the right thing for this club at the right moment, he would do it. I, I firmly believe that, as I would, as anyone else that I know inside of our building would do. Because we're all from this club. Anybody can say anything they want, but this is our club. This is I'm going on 300, 400 games and representing this club. Nobody can tell me from day one. Nobody can tell me they care about this club more than I care about this club, or even Chris, who's been around the club. So we will do anything that we believe is right to help this club get to where it's going to get. But we believe we're on the right path, and we believe that it's not a perfect path. It's not like this. Nothing is in the game. It's going to take ups and downs, and it's going to take setbacks, and it's going to take keep working through that. But if you trust the process and you're clear in your vision, and I've been a part of an organization who's done this very thing before. I know what it looks like. Uh, we're going to get there. And, again, we're going to get there regardless of the noise. We're going to get there. We're going to get there regardless of the noise. Uh, I, I will say this, and and this is where I think Vanny loses it. Yes, he absolutely has represented the club for three or 400 games, and he's done it as a player, and he's done all that stuff. Uh, there's fans who have been here since 1996. Um, every single day, they show up every single game. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do. I know it's not the same. Right. But the dedication that it takes to show up day in and day out as fans, the dedication is that you're being paid as a professional player, as a coach, as anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's heart in all of those things. So, again, you know, I'm sure and certainly from the way Vanny sounds that like we would get in an argument whenever he would say, you know, you don't understand the game unless you've ever played it at this level. You don't understand the game. And I always found that to be very close minded in terms of it. And that's that's self-serving to me. Right. Otherwise, what credentials do I have to sit here and talk to you about this game? Uh, I was a very good high school baseball player. Um, you know, I just went to a college that, uh, that I was never going to play at. Um, so I, that never went, but that's, those are my qualifications to sit here before you that in 15 seasons now of watching LA galaxy soccer, analyzing, dissecting, talking to players, coaches, and everything else that I've done. I think there's some validity in saying that, y- that Christian, you have a, a right to an opinion and Greg even acknowledges that although it's condescending and that's fine I don't ever need coaches to actually listen to me I don't think I <laughs> as you said Greg Vanny knows more about soccer than I'll ever know and I, I understand that I trust it so all I hope is I can ask intelligent questions and get you know, get answers and so far I always get intelligent answers from Greg and he's been kind, yeah. kind with his time so I have no issues with Greg um, and if he wants to be condescending about it that's fine I don't care Um, so that's the part that I think he misses on it, that there is a lot of passion in all of these places. There's people who are passionate about being sports reporters who cover there's people, there are people, supporters groups who spend and volunteer their time day after day, uh, weekend after weekend to be in these places, to run these groups, do this. There's people who show up to the stadium four hours earlier because they like to tailgate and they like to do this. There's all this passion that's involved in all this. And I think the reason it's so it's so not, not politically charged, but so emotionally charged because there is so much emotion in all of this stuff. Right. You know, so, um, you know, in, in many ways, uh, you know, the being in a relationship with the LA galaxy is a relationship you choose to be in. 
um, which in my opinion is always a stronger love, right? Like, you know, it's one of those things like, Hey, my parents had to love me. Right. And they, and they kept me. So that's good. I'm glad they did. And the whole deal, but you know, my wife, she chose me now. That's a bad decision on her part. I've told her that many times, but she, you know, she did. So I have to feel that that relationship is a little bit stronger. So, um, the other thing is that, uh, this is a guy who's an employee of a team. Uh, Greg right. and he's going to defend his boss because right. that's part of the job. Um, totally get it. You know, he could say no comment. Uh, I don't know that he would he would get very far in some of it, but very very interesting. So that's it. Yeah, um, really, just uh, expected answers from Greg, and and you know, he, he got up there and, and defended his boss, Chris, as you would, and, and you know, personally, I like to see that kind of loyalty to. Uh, the club and the people that got him there. I know he has a relationship that, you know, goes beyond the LA galaxy and uh, predates it in many ways uh, before his, uh, before Chris's time here, I would imagine. And, you know, Greg may be a little bit older than Chris, but anyway, one thing that really stuck out to me in, in some of the, those comments, you know, uh, there's other teams that are ahead of us based on their ros- roster construction and, and such. Why? Yeah. Well, why, why, yeah, why should that be? Uh, you, Matt Doyle said something uh, on Extra Time. He was basically like, so eight years you didn't know you needed an analytics right. department. Eight years you didn't know that you needed a scout that worked for the team for eight years. Those are the, those are the, those are the Chris Klein arguments, though. That's not a, it's a, vi- system, it's a systematic failing uh, in, in that regard. And also, to even to your point, Josh, it, and we, we, I mean, when we were talking about Ziggy Schmidt coming in about five years ago saying, what's your plan B if, you know, player X is not available? We don't have it. Why not? Because there's not a, a scouting department in, in place. Now, I'm oversimplifying, obviously, here, but the, the lack of an infrastructure right. in terms of a scouting department is absolutely massive. It's what's the key behind LAFC's dominance, and it's the blueprint for success in modern-day MLS. The fact that the Galaxy didn't have that and, and you, you just, the inactivity sometimes in these, in these off-seasons is kind of bewildering, and it feeds into this frustration narrative um, but the, the answers are unexpected. I thought, you know, he's not wrong in, in, a, in a lot of things and, um, and, and trying to turn this frustration into a siege mentality yeah, is a clever twist from him. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it it's is master. It's masterful man management. It's Herb Brooks. We talked about it. It's Miracle on Ice, right? Yeah. This is this is the whole thing. Is that nobody thinks you can win? Nobody. Yeah. Everybody's against you. They they call you stupid college kids. You know, They're, you're gonna go out there and play the Russians. You can't win this game. There's no possible way you could win this game. Yeah, it's it's a, it's the masterful psychologist. What it is is classic Jose Mourinho one on one. Yeah, the world hates us. We don't like you. They don't rate you. Get out there and prove them wrong. And it's a, it's a great tool for our manager to get the most out of the player. But right. um. Yeah, it, it, the, the frustration is palpable. Um, he's defending his boss. Um, Some, somebody said he. Somebody said. Porch, yeah, somebody said he didn't need to defend his. Like he could just say that's between Chris and the supporters group, and he could. Uh, I just don't think that that gets him very far in terms of what he has to do in order to get. Again, the guy who gave him basically carte blanche. Here's the keys to the to the uh, to the cookie jar. Uh, go ahead and do with what you want. Is Chris Klein? Chris Klein gave. Greg Vanny, the opportunity to mold yeah. the LA Galaxy and what Greg Vanny wants. Now, Vanny has missed on signings. Let's be very clear. Vanny has missed on signings. 
And every manager does. And everybody. And, but again, as as you would expect that the signings get better with the build out of the scouting system. And I think that we've seen a little bit of that. Right. We've seen uh, the Caligaris. We've seen the Pujas. I mean, Pujas is one that you're like, that's one that you're probably it's probably hard to screw up. But uh, the, the Brugman is a good one. Getting Brugman in uh, Caligari, uh, Julian Aude. We haven't seen him play yet, but but. You know, he seems like that's a good player, and Greg Vanny seems pretty high on him. I, I don't know if we're, we're taking Greg Vanny's word for that anymore, if we decided that's no longer uh, valid. But those are the things that you can sort of sit here uh, and look at. Uh, executive producer Herb, $9.33 Super Chat. I dislike that the Galaxy, Lakers, and Dodgers games overlap the one time where the Galaxy plays on a Sunday. Herb, Herb <laughs> always keeping it real, um, 100%. That's what we have. Listen, there's lots more from this. You can dive into even more. He talks about LAFC. I will probably leave that out because it's very obvious that LAFC is a very good team. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of leave that where it is. I just wanted to get to a couple little charts and a couple little yeah. things, and then we'll get to the LAFC game. Um, the interesting thing I've seen so far is that in six games, the LA Galaxy have been shut out three times already. Um, now, in two of, those game, two of those games, it was a 0-0 draw. Um, right. so, you know, okay, that, that's not bad, but the fact that they've been shut out three times in six games or 50% of the time is a concern. Uh, the fact that in two of those games, uh, the LA galaxy have allowed three goals or more, uh, basically three goals, uh, both in the, uh, the, the, the opening loss to Dallas. And of course this last game to Houston on a defensive side that I thought was sort of putting things together a little bit better. Somebody in the, in the, um, in the chat room asked, can this LA galaxy team add two more players? Technically speaking, as the roster spots are currently sitting Christian, the LA galaxy can add three players. Uh, now what does it mean in terms of, um, interesting. Well, well, I'll say this. Greg Vanny has mentioned many times that they seem to be thinking about leaving themselves some flexibility to do something in the summer. Um, whether that, and that's going to have to be internal, right? Internal to the league. So move there. So I don't know if that means that they're going to hold one of the spots open or whether or not they can move or trade a spot in order to do that. But LA Galaxy right now have 10 internationals. They have 27 roster slots that are, that are filled. Um, and I believe the release and the waiver of, of Chase Gasper was for a senior roster spot. So that's how this this all sort of looks right now. The other thing to sort of point out is that this is, by my account, and I don't know that I'm perfect on this because I've been trying to pay attention, but this is the eighth player to depart this year uh, for the LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So Cameron Dunbar, Derek Williams, Kevin Cabral, Nick DePew, Sam Grancier, Carlos Harvey, Julian Araujo, and now Chase Gasper. So that's eight changes. Some of those we know, Grancier, uh, was one and Julian Araujo was one that maybe it wasn't as planned as, as they would have liked. Yeah. Right. And, and so those were changes, but again, eight. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Eight. Uh, so, so that's there. I want to remind everybody as I go through my charts that it's been, let's see, oh. uh, 3,049 days since the LA galaxy last won an MLS cup. Uh, and if you're playing Good along God. the LA galaxy are 9,861 days old. Uh, today on their uh, their anniversary, April 13th, 1996 to April 13th, 2023. That's 9,861 days. Uh, just a, one of those weird things that I have on a chart for no reason. Uh, this is also this is also a reminder uh, LAFC coming into town, uh, the capacity for the LA Galaxy and Dignity Hill Sports Park. Uh, Twenty five thousand one hundred and seventy four is a capacity sellout crowd. That's the number that you were probably going to be expecting uh, coming up. Twenty six thousand six seventy four or an additional five hundred is an overcapacity sellout. That usually means that they open the berm. 
Um, and then there's the overcapacity sellout with additional seats added. This is whenever they add the stands into different places, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. another 300 seats, so 26,974. Very close to the original 27,000 seat number, but with yeah. the changes in Victoria Block, they lost some seats and did some things. So that's why it's 26,974, just in case gotcha. you're playing the home game, Christian. <clears throat> Last thing that I'll sort of point out on the charts. Actually, there's a couple more things. Uh, the LA Galaxy right now from their designated players are only getting uh, 38% of the total available minutes being played by their designated players. Uh, Javier Hernandez has played in one game, played 35 minutes. Douglas Costa has played in two games. He's played. He's, he's gotten 40 minutes. Um, Ricky Pouge, all 540 minutes. So he's 100%. So 6.5% of the total available minutes for Chicha, 7.4% of the total mm-hmm. available minutes for Douglas Costa. Greg Vanny was talking about this. 38% of the total available minutes. I have a chart here. I would like to point it out. It might be hard to read, but I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you what this is, and then you're going to understand it. it. Is what you're seeing plotted on a graph before you are all the LA Galaxy's MLS Cup winning teams. And then this year. Uh, this year is plotted out there. This year is off by itself, all underneath all of those, meaning that no LA Galaxy team has ever won an MLS Cup from this position. Just mm. like to point that out. Interesting. All right. It looks like an inflation graph. It, it basically, it may, sometimes it feels like it. Um, yeah. If we could chart the LA Galaxy in terms of every season that has ever been played by the LA Galaxy, we can see they are basically tied for the worst spot. Uh, at this point through six games. And this chart confirms that 1997, they had three points. I believe that three points actually came from a win though, Christian. Um, so three mm-hmm. points in 1997 worth noting had the shootout in 1997. So not a modern error stat um, as we'd like to call it. Uh, that means the LA galaxy are off to their worst start in the modern era. Three points from six games. Okay, good. Yes, I know. Rob, Josh, Josh, take a, take a breath, take a bow. Well done on these these charts and graphs. Fantastic. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, this is the last one we'll bring up and then we'll get to the LAFC game. Uh, wait, there's more. Yeah, there's one more. Uh, the longest single season winless streak per year. Uh, so right now the LA galaxy are at six games winless. Uh, that means that they are two games worse than they were last year where they had the longest streak of four games in 2021. They had nine games winless. Um, if you want to go back to the worst time ever, that was 20, 2008, uh, where they had 12 games in a winless streak. Mm-hmm. So that's single season. I don't span them across seasons cause that's a pain, uh, to do. So yeah. this is all single season within the same season and all that fun stuff. All right. Um, uh, let's, I mean, I, I guess it's time LA galaxy, LAFC, El Trafico coming up on Sunday, April 16th, 2023, one thirty PM TV time, one fifty-five PM kickoff time for free on Fox for free on Apple TV. Do not complain to me that you can't find this game. Do not complain to me about MLS season pass because it is free for you for this game. Go to Apple TV, go to Fox. You can watch it. One of the biggest games of the year. Always an exciting one. Uh, this game, Christian, Massive for so many different reasons. Obviously, we've previewed and sort of tickled uh, a bunch of different things that have sort of happened here. LAFC undefeated, four wins, two draws. The LA Galaxy winless, three draws, three losses. Uh, never before have they been at this at the odds of each other, right? Um, we've never seen this big a disparity. Uh, that being said, the LA Galaxy undefeated at home against LAFC. Uh, never right. been beaten at home against that team. Uh, but you have a team that is an absolute buzzsaw right now in LAFC. They beat Austin over the weekend. They just beat Vancouver in the Champions League. Now, I'm not saying Vancouver is the be-all, end-all, and I'm not saying Austin is the best, but I'll tell you right now, LAFC is not backing down from everybody and is not playing anything. If you want to know, though, they did take Seattle to a draw up in Seattle, and that was a game when Seattle was down with the LA Galaxy. I thought the Galaxy were very comfortable in. 
um, in terms of, of that game. They lost that game, but that was a game that I felt that they very much had a chance to win or had a chance to at least draw or find themselves in a way yeah. uh, to do that. So uh, I don't think the LA Galaxy are out of their league or over their heads in this game. And whenever it comes to this particular game, Christian, it always seems like uh, there's something exciting always happens. So this is not... You know, I'm going to tell you that I think the LA Galaxy lose this game. I also am going to tell you that I've never picked the LA Galaxy to win outside of the playoff game of which they lost <laughs> uh, the last time. And to correct Greg Vanny, the LA Galaxy finished at home against Nashville in the playoffs, winning that. And then they went right. to LAFC at their stadium uh, where they they gave up an untimely goal there at the end with Sega Koulibaly misplaying a ball over the end line. So... Mm. That's sort of where I see. What do you see from LAFC so far, and 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 how? And I think you sort of hinted at it. This you feel like this comes at a good time for the Galaxy. Oh, I think it's an absolute gift because the Galaxy have nothing to lose. Everyone is expecting, you know, the mean machine to come in and run rampant over us on our house. So the Galaxy are playing with house money right now, and it it's so strange to say in a derby like this when you're the home team. And given our record that we've never lost in eight games, six wins in that run, it's even stranger to even think of that as a, as a possible outcome. But I really believe that all the pressure's on LESC. They're there to defending champions. They're on form. Denny Buwanga's ripping them off for fun with, I believe, like an 11 so far. Um, and coming off a hat-trick performance yeah, against over the Austin. weekend. Yeah. And they just continue to roll off the conveyor belt for this team. But there is something about a Derby, and it's going to sound cliche, and it's going to sound like you've heard it a million years, but it has proven itself to be true. No matter how bad you are, whatever the discrepancy in stature and in injuries and in form and the quality of players, when it comes down to a Derby like this, you can throw all that crap out the window because this is box office and players get up for this game. Yep. If, if you can't get up for this game, you don't belong in the game, they will be up for it. Especially with the siege mentality that we have been talking about in this broadcast, especially felt by Greg Vanny right now, where they are coming, there is so much pressure on the Galaxy coming in, in terms of expectations and how they've underperformed. No one's expecting them to perform here, and I think they have a great chance this is the opportunity to write your ship. It's not going to rectify all the matters. It'll put a nice band-aid on, you know, a, a lot of blood that's been, you know, let out so far. But uh, it's tough to predict. Um, you never know what's going to happen in these games. Right. We've been a part of them so many times. Um, I am concerned with the Galaxies defending in transition. If you want to get into the tactics and X's and O's of it, uh, the Galaxy possessed the ball better than anybody in Major League Soccer. No one has had more of the ball this year in the entire league than the Galaxy. The half chances, which you also alluded right. to earlier on, yep. are a problem here when the Galaxy are so narrow and you know, very simple to defend. They sometimes lack a plan B for whatever reason, whether that's a lack of options in terms of playing personnel as well right. as tactical setups. Um, I think it's more of the former than the latter because um, the depth in this team at this present point really isn't all that great. Uh, but they do have weapons. They can be dangerous. Um, Chicharito, I expect to get the start. They need him to start. Um, it will bring, you know, that star quality to to a game that really is deserving of it. Uh, and it gets a chance to go against his old buddy Carlos Vela. And you know, the the problems with uh, Martin Casares and Douglas Costa yep. not available for this. Um, 
I will not say anything about the latter. I think my sentiments have been made abundantly clear on my last appearance on this show. Um, I said it. Douglas Costa should never play again for the LA Galaxy. But go. Uh, that's me. Next. I. I. Yes. I think it's. You it. don't have to agree with me. It's but fine. I. I. But I do, and I. I, I, I don't like saying this about a player, but the manner in which that was, the way he acted, it's if you go back to the Minnesota game in 2022, it's a carbon copy of the sending off, but this is a player that's coming unfit, hasn't played 90 minutes, and this is a player that you know, also was openly soliciting offers from other teams in Brazil during the offseason. To me, what does A, X, Y, and Z add up to? It's, it's a player that doesn't want to be here. And that that's fine. If he doesn't want to be that's totally fine. But yeah. Um, it's reflecting, and and team and players like this can can become a little bit toxic. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong, right. but um, I don't think it's a, him not being available for this team right now at this point for this game. I consider it a malpractice. A bonus. Ma- oh, bonus, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I understand that sort of thing. And by the way, uh, Michael gave us a five dollars super chat and says, "Are we getting an El Trafico hype chant from Christian in honor of the hammer?" I I, I am playing the like dramatic music <laughs> behind all this, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. We don't have a dramatic game preview. By the way, $24.68 super chat from Gary. Appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's a buzzsaw, Christian. We know it is. We know the LA Galaxy are in a position of where their backs are against the wall. They need a win. Uh, Panda was telling us the last time an undefeated team uh, took on a winless team in, you know, six games into the season, the whole deal that, you know, it was the winless team that ended up winning. Right. So that was that was LAFC in Vancouver and Vancouver ended up winning. Right. So yeah, Darby. It's it's the nature of a Derby. Classico. It is. uh, is I really I have this strange feeling that a 3-5-2 is in order. I just, I'm telling you, I think Greg Vanny, I know he wants to be disciplined. I know he wants to be able to work himself into that. I don't know how often yeah. they go to it. I don't know if they start with two forwards, but watch where Boyd sets himself up um, mm-hmm. and possibly aligns himself with Chicha. If Judd starts, Vanny said, screw it, we're going 3-5-2 um, along with Chicha. I think I'm, I think I'm in agreement with you um, that I do expect in some ways uh, that Javier Hernandez is going to be a starter. He said today that he'll yeah. go for as many minutes as he can. The thing with the forward is that they don't have to run all the time. Uh, and so I think Chicha can find time to rest. He's smart enough to find time to rest, Christian, for me. Um, and so let him let him go out there, be effective, run when he needs to, and let him rest when he doesn't need to. Um, Who partners Jalen? Uh, I, I, I think Mavinga is the only... Now. correct answer in this right now only because Sega is apparently back but he hasn't played and I don't think you want to throw him into the fire in this game right so that's not something I, I would be excited or, or in a hurry to do so for me it's not about um, it's not about it's trying to keep things as, as, as easy as possible Mavinga has played so let Mavinga and Neil play together I don't know how that's going to work I'm, I'm concerned about that especially with the way the LAFC loves to work themselves wide and cross into the middle. So you're going to have Jalen Neal very busy. You're going to have Chris Mavinga very busy. I think it's going to be Caligari on the right. I think Raheem Edwards is going to start on the left. One, because he's a former LAFC guy and he always gets up for these games. And two is, mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to be 100% ready for uh, Aude to come in and, and sort of play. Uh, but don't be surprised if you see Aude playing at left back at one point and pushing Raheem Edwards forward if they need a goal right. and that type of thing. So I think that's where, um, where this all goes. Um, Listen, I, I don't have a good feeling about this game. I don't think the LA Galaxy come out of this looking 
rosy. I can see them winning the game. But if this isn't a 3-1 game, then I don't know what is a 3-1 game. Mm. Um, I, yeah. I can't see them winning this game, Josh. The, 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 the Galaxy? I can't see them winning this game, if I'm being frank. But I can't. I can see them not losing it. Um, and I know that's kind of, you know... That's a very fence-sitter of you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, t- I'm, I'm on the fence. I'll, uh, sorry, I got the fence post on my butt. But yeah, it's it's um, it, it's, it's I honestly believe that here. I think this is going to be you know it's going to be score draw. Um, one thing we are, are kind of not mentioning is how we when we talk about LAFC, we talk about everybody talks about that free flowing attack and Carlos Vela and, and the form that Buwanga is on. This is a team that is absolutely in lockstep defensively. Um, with the best defensive record, if not one of the top two in the league, and about I don't know about three or four clean sheets so far in the first six games. So as good as they are and renowned as they are for their attacking football, which Steve Chirundolo likes to approach the game, kind of in a similar fashion as Greg Vanny in, in an attacking sense. Um, it's a team is excellent defensively, right? Um, and that hasn't been the case with LAFC teams in the past. And I think that kind of throws a little bit of a different wrinkle in the. 2023 edition of the, the galaxy opponents that they're facing so uh the task is almighty um but i think this is a game it, to quote greg vanny that from the houston game it's not about tactics because it's going to be about the fight in the dog yeah. and and how much fight this team has this is a gauge of it's, it's a it's a character test more than it is a, a your a Ability as a soccer team and an ability as a player, it's a character test. Because nine times out of ten, rivalries like this, and this is the biggest rivalry. I don't sorry, Portland, sorry, Seattle. This is the biggest rivalry. Nine times out of ten, this these games are built on fortitude, heart, and just sheer desire. By the way, or do we want to hear how you say uh, uh Juliana Aude's name? Because Kevin Acevedo sent me the actual actual uh, pronunciation guide of Julian saying his name. Okay, so I have it. This is Julian saying his own name. I want to be done with this after this because I've now said it seven different times in different ways. <laughs> All right, so here is what I have. I will. Sorry, Kevin. Here, 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 here it comes. Everybody ready? Deep breath. Here we go. Hold on, it has to open. Apparently. <clears throat> nope, not that one. Here we go. Trying it again. Why won't it play? Julian Aude. Why? It's like right there. Oh, here. Julian Aude. Aude. Julian Aude. Julian Aude. All right. Julian Aude. Julian. Julian. Julian Aude. All right. All right. Good. I'm glad everybody's. I'm glad with that. That was him saying it, by the way. I don't now remember. We don't trust players to say their own names on the show, but we will allow it this one time. Can we can we go live to Kevin Baxter for uh, some tips on that pronunciation? (laughs) (laughs) He will not. He will not do it. It will not happen. All right. Uh, Prediction. Then I I don't know if you gave it. I gave mine three one. Did you did you you said a draw? So one one. You have one one. Okay. Uh, I have a score draw, but I believe it will be a one one affair. But, you know, don't be surprised if we see a little bit more than that. Okay, I'm good. That's where we're at. Uh, Wait, what else? What else can we talk about, Josh? No, we're done. I don't. I don't want to talk about. It. I want to go to sleep. That's where I'm at right I'm now. Tired. Do you have anything? Do you think there's anything else? Do we, have we left anything else off? This is a monumental game. 
Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a monumental game for so many reasons. One is all the drama that we talked about leading up to this with the Chris Klein letter going out, with the LA Riot Squad letter going out. The, the drama that will happen inside the stadium in terms of the Victoria block and LA Riot Squad and whether or not LAFC fans are going to be sitting in those sections, that's a, such a huge thing that is going can't to happen. be watched it can't happen but what happens happen. but what happens if you see that does is there any coming back from that is there no. any no and there's not and that's why it probably won't happen right i expect the la galaxy to have the same amount of security they'd have there even if the supporters groups were there or not there i expect it to be the same yeah um this is this is such a big deal for everything and if the la galaxy get embarrassed the ramifications of that could be swift they might not be um, these are all chess and checkers games. This is stuff from supporters groups to Chris Klein, uh, Dan Beckerman. You know, they had an emergency meeting where they, they had ACB, uh, where they were trying to get ACB to come back. They got Chicha on the phone trying to get Angel City Brigade back into the stadium. I just, this is me personally. They tried that with Zlatan and now they're trying this with, with, uh, with, with Chicha. I just, I, I don't know where some of this comes from. Um, it's just yeah. not leave. The players are not part of this. Right. And that's really what I would imagine everybody's going to say is that that's not the this isn't it. Right. It wasn't Zlatan's, Zlatan's job to try to get the L.A. riot squad to move to, into Victoria block. Um, so all of these things are coming to a head. This game has more like thousand points of light coming together coming together right and little george george bush first one thousand points of light coming together um this that's what this that's what this team that's what this game is everything is coming together uh what comes of it what the result of it everything i have no idea and that's the crazy part the storylines are 30 deep you can write about anything you want you can be excited about anything you want this is an el trafico this is where zlatan ibrahimovic got off a plane and scored two goals to win a game the galaxy were losing three to nothing Right. There is literally anything is possible in an El Trafico. And that's why you show up on Sunday at 1.30. TV time is 1.30. 1.55 is your kickoff time game on Fox and on Apple TV. Anything else, Christian? We good? No, but I'm buying whatever you're selling. Nicely done. I, I, I tried to hype it up there at the end. Get a little bit, But it's true. <laughs> There's so many things that are happening. All right. Yeah, um, it's great. I think that does. We'll have a game. Well, obviously, we'll have a, a show on Monday night. Uh, that will recap what happened on Sunday yes. afternoon at Dignity Health Sports Park. The panda will be back in there. So lots of things to talk about. And he was out at training today. Uh, congratulations to all the media members who survived the five aside today. Uh, I was not there. I was trying to. Instead, I got to talk to lawyers all day. That's always fun. Oh, good times. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I applaud you. I heard that Mike Gray was an absolute beast in goal. That's what I heard. Um, good job. Uh, wow. Mike Gray. Must have been the hair. It, it's always the hair. It's the swagger. He's totally a goalkeeper. That guy's hair is yeah. mad. It is. That is a magnificent mane. We, we salute the mane, uh, Mike Gray. Um, so anyway, that's where we sit. We'll get you all ready on Monday. Uh, Christian, why don't you tell people where they can find you and we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, Check out my weekly feature this week in the LA Galaxy coming out tomorrow. And you can check me out on Twitter at C Miles Sports with all my thoughts and ramblings. Christian is amazing. Make sure you do it at C Miles Sports on Twitter. That's where you want to go find them and, and certainly watch those little recaps. I do. I watch them all the time. Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Please head on over to Corner of the Galaxy at cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have our YouTube videos up there, all of our podcasts, all that fun stuff. You can find it right there. Uh, El Trafico coming up, 1.30 TV time, 1.55 kickoff is your time. Fox, Apple TV, we're glad you could join us today listening to all this noise as the LA Galaxy tried to block out all that noise coming up 
on Sunday. Uh, for Mr. Christian Miles, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little corner of the galaxy, our noisy corner of the galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.